You're listening to the Being Dad Podcast, episode 39. Today on the show, we're talking about stroller speed records, disposable diaper shortages, vasectomies, and some tech time goodies. Plus, my daughter Natalie is actually eating some solid food now. Hip hip hooray for that. All that and some more on the Being Dad Podcast next. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. My name is Stephen Beattie, and I am your host for this weekly look at the top stories from the beingdad.me website and a whole lot more. The podcast is brought to you, as usual, by audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download when you sign up for uh, one of their free 30-day trial memberships. Uh, you just uh, go to audibletrial.com slash beingdad. Sign up for the free membership, and you can choose uh, from thousands and thousands of books, audiobooks, new releases, and uh, choose the one that you want to download for free. You can then cancel the free membership before the 30 days are up if you want to, and there'll be no charge to you. You get to keep the audiobook, and uh, it's really a great deal. So check that out, audibletrial.com slash beingdad. Well, I've got some good news for you this week. It's pretty exciting stuff. If you've been uh, following along with me on the podcast, you'll know that my wife and I started uh, feeding my six-month-old daughter, Natalie, some solid food. Last week in the podcast, I mentioned to you that things weren't really going all that well, uh, and uh, Natalie didn't really seem to be too interested in the whole solid food idea. And uh, I don't know what happened or, or what switch was switched, but over the past week, or over the past few days, really, I should say. She's been taking the, the food like a champ, really. She's been opening her mouth up wide. And uh, previously, we're, we were having to to trick her into opening her mouth in order to get some solid food in there. We would use a, a toy uh, or a soother, and we would sort of, we, we would put that near her mouth, and she would open her mouth to try to uh, take a bite out of the soother or the toy. And then we'd sort of slip the spoon with food on it into her mouth, and she would take the food. You know, it's not like she'd spit it out, uh, but uh, she wasn't really opening her mouth for just the food itself. But like I said, over the past few days, she's been doing really great. Uh, so great, in fact, that we're starting to think about um, going from just the one solid food meal a day that we're doing now and uh, increasing it to two. But uh, we'll see. We might we might give her a few more days just to settle in a bit more before we start doing that. But um, that's uh, really been going well. I know, I know this is crazy exciting stuff that we're talking about here, but you know, it is pretty exciting in our household and, uh, and we're pretty happy about that. On a, on a side note though, I've also noticed that the more solid food she consumes, the more solid poop is coming out the other end. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really need to go into more too, into too much more detail about that. Uh, just take my word for it. This past weekend was Thanksgiving up here in Canada, and we do our Thanksgiving a fair bit earlier uh, in the fall than the United States does. And long weekends are really a great time to obviously get together with family. And uh, my wife and I, as I've said before, we live we live a bit off in the boonies, so it's nice to have a long weekend to uh, to do the three hour trip back to our hometowns to visit with our family. And we did that on this last long weekend, and it uh, it was really great. I really enjoy these trips back home, and I love to show off Natalie and show everyone who hasn't seen her in a while how much she's growing, how much she's changing, 
and she's really starting to become a little person uh, more and more each day. Her her personality is really starting to take shape, and uh, it's a lot of fun to watch that happen. And now some of the top stories from the beingdad.me website. I must admit, I'm a bit of a news junkie myself, and uh, I have a, a, well, a number of different apps on my mobile devices for keeping up to date with the news. And uh, being a dad and being a parent, of course, I uh, like to keep up with all the dad-related uh, news out there. And I do have a number of sources for news that uh, are some of my favorites. And I made a list of, uh, I guess, the sort of the eight sources of news that I think are really must follow sources for uh, dad and parenting related news. And I'll sort of run through the list now of those sites that I, I like to use. First up, Huffington Post. Uh, it's really at its core, it's a blog, but uh, it's a, a really a great source for news on, on all different topics. And they do have a parenting section, which is a great source of articles on there daily, everything you can imagine. And the parenting section there is uh, is really full of great information. And they do have some dad-specific news as sort of a category within the parent section. Next, Babbel. Babbel.com, similar to the Huffington Post in that uh, it's really a blog, but uh, it's more of an, uh, sort of a, an online magazine blog, similar to being dad.me, really. Uh, it has many, many articles in there and many, many uh, authors and guest post writers um, writing articles about all things related to being a parent. And they do have uh, many pieces of uh, writing in there uh, that are directed towards dads specifically. Yahoo News, Parenting and Kids. Um, if you're looking just for some down and dirty uh, news articles related to parenting, then this one doesn't, you know, there's not a lot of uh, fluff and extras on there. Just a list of news headlines related to parenting and kids. And that's from Yahoo News. Similar to that, Today Parenting uh, from MSN. Uh, they don't have uh, maybe, the, you know, the most dad specific articles, but it does provide a fair amount of headlines related to being a parent in general and uh, polls that are, that are really worth reading. So it's worth having a look, the MSN parenting from today. New York Times has a great parenting section with uh, tons of information in there. Uh, it can seem rather busy and overwhelming at first, but uh, it really is a wonderful site. There's news headlines, there's links to dads, uh, dad and parenting blogs, uh, books, even some discussion forums. So it's really a great source, the New York Times Parenting. Globe and Mail, which is a Canadian uh, source for news, also has a parenting site, very similar to the New York Times, uh, only, like I said, it's based out of Canada, and it divides up its headlines into categories such as infant, uh, teen, child safety, to name a few. They have uh, a, a number of different categories related to parenting and, and child information. And WebMD Parenting, WebMD, it's often thought of as being more of a, of a reference source for medical and health-related information, which it is, but they do also have great general uh, parenting information with a variety of news and headlines. Uh, 
And finally, lifehacker.com has a parenting section in it as well. Similar to Dabble and Huffington Post, it's uh, more of a blog than sort of a strictly new headline site. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of site that personally I, I really enjoy. And they have, like I said, a very extensive parenting section with lots of techie-related content, uh, which is uh, why really the, the main reason that I go there, uh, because it's uh, quite techie. On September 29th of this year, 2012, in Japan, there was uh, an explosion at a plant that creates acrylic acid. And acrylic acid is one of the main ingredients in SAP. SAP is uh, the uh, abbreviation for superabsorbent polymer. And that is the, the resin, the absorbent resin that is found in disposable diapers and gives them that great absorbency. This particular plant in Japan, I'm not even, I don't even think I'm going to try to, to say the name. It's Well, what, what the heck? I'll try to say the name. It's the Nippon Shokubai Haimuji plant located in Japan. There you go. Say that five times fast. They produce 20% of the world's superabsorbent polymer supply. So, you know, it's no small potatoes in the world of disposable diaper development. And uh, it's expected that as a result of this rather large and... Uh, uh, well, disastrous explosion there on the 29th of September. It's expected that production will likely be halted there for some time while they rebuild. Being that this plant, like I said, produces about 20% of the world's SAP supply, there were many, many headlines going around in the news about uh, whether there would be a disposable diaper shortage secondary to the shortage in the SAP which might in turn cause diaper prices to increase. I don't imagine that's that that's really going to be an issue. I'm sure that, you know, they do have some backup supplies sort of packed away in, in uh, warehouses somewhere. And it's also been mentioned that some of the other factories that produce the SAP are going to increase their efforts and uh, increase their output of the product. So despite what the headlines are saying, it's not likely that there's going to be any sort of diaper disposable diaper shortage uh, or any huge hike in the prices. But, uh, you know, if it is something that you're concerned about, uh, you might want to stock up now on disposable diapers. But personally, I'm not going to worry about it. And uh, of course, you do always have the option to switch to cloth diapers. Now, if you're a dad and you've had all the kids that you want to have in your life, uh, you know, that you and your partner have decided on, Probably the thought of future birth control has uh, has entered into your mind, and uh, I'm sure if that's the case, you've likely thought about uh, vasectomy as an option uh, rather than um, using condoms for you know for the next 20 years or having your uh, spouse go on to the go on to the birth control pill. A vasectomy is a very popular and and common option for birth control once you're done having your family. But, you know, you might be asking yourself, given that it's really seen as a more permanent option for birth control, uh, you might be wondering if, uh, you know, it is now the right time for you to do the vasectomy or, you know, should you wait till later or should you forget about it altogether? It's uh, It can be a difficult question to answer and really it's a very personal question that uh, you'll have to sort of come to a, a decision with support from your spouse, of course. Uh, and this, you'll have to come to a decision on your own. But um, I can give you some ideas to sort of get you starting to think critically about 
vasectomy as as an option and uh, hopefully come to a conclusion about whether it might be right for you or not. The first thing, now there there is a procedure out there that can reverse a vasectomy and um, it doesn't always work though and the longer it's been since you've had your initial vasectomy done, the more difficult it becomes to reverse the process through this reversal surgery. They say in all the literature I've read that a vasectomy, even though there is this reversal procedure, it should be something that is always considered to be permanent, to be sterilization. So if there's any doubt in your mind about whether you want to be sterile or about whether you want this to be a permanent thing for you, then you should probably give it some second thought, hold off on it for now, because it really should be considered a permanent sterilization. You don't want to fall to the pressure uh, if you're not sure that it's for you, but uh, you know you have all your buddies sort of saying, "Hey, man, it's a quick and easy thing. Just just get it over with," you know. Or even if your spouse is giving you some pressure by saying things like, "Listen, I was on the pill for 15 years, and uh, I'm not going to get my tube tied. That's a major major surgery, and this is a straightforward thing." Don't fall to that pressure if you're not feeling totally ready and comfortable with the decision. Uh, it's your body, you know, it, it's your decision. Another thing to consider, is your relationship stable? Now, you might feel that it's stable, you might not, but you know, it's an unfortunate reality that many relationships ultimately will fail. Uh, I'm not saying that yours will, but if you're feeling that your current relationship is maybe a bit shaky, a bit rocky, Perhaps it would be, you know, wise until to, to wait on having the vasectomy until you're feeling a bit more secure in their relationship. Uh, you don't want to have a vasectomy in an attempt to save a failing relationship or anything like that. Again, you know, it's your body that you're talking about here. Another thing to consider if you're if you're a younger guy, and uh, uh, I'll let you define, you know, I'll let you use your own definition of what young is, but you, you never really know what the future holds. For me, in particular, in my I'm in my second marriage now. Back in my first marriage, in my 20s, my ex-wife and I, we never wanted to have kids. We never planned to have any kids in the future. She was on the birth control pill for birth control. You know, there was nothing really stopping me from having a vasectomy done so she could go off the pill and we wouldn't have to use condoms. That relationship, though, it ultimately failed. And when I met my second uh, and my current wife, we did want kids, and my whole philosophy on having kids changed when I was in my mid-30s. So, you know, what if I had had that vasectomy done in my 20s, and it couldn't be reversed? I mean, I would have missed out on uh, on being a dad and missed out on really what the best thing that, that's ever happened to me. So, like I said, a vasectomy should always be considered permanent. There are, of course, lots of links out there online if you're looking just for some general information on vasectomy. Uh, WebMD, MayoClinic.com, eMedicineHealth.com, they all have some great general information on vasectomy. You can even go on YouTube and watch some, some vasectomy videos on there if you really want to get uh, a good idea of what the procedure is all about. So, you know, just make sure you're giving it uh, a lot of thought before you jump into making that decision. I just want to mention uh, quickly that on October 9th, 2012, there was a recall on a high seat. Uh, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission and Health Canada have both issued a recall on Graco Classic 
wooden high chairs. Uh, like I said, the recall was issued on October 9th of 2012. So if you're listening to this in the future, you can just forget about this piece. But uh, the owners are being directed to stop using these high chairs immediately and contact Graco for a repair kit. Uh, what the problem is, um, is that the seat portion of the high chair can become detached from the base and uh, resulting in a, a fall risk to the child that's sitting in the seat. There's been 58 reported cases of this happening, according to Graco anyway, and uh, the recall involves 86 thousand units that were sold in the United States and over 3,000 sold in Canada. And uh, there is, like I said, a repair kit that you can get, which basically just adds some increased support for connecting the seat to the base. I think it's just uh, some additional hardware to screw the seat into the base. Um, if you go to beingdad.me, um, and uh, there is uh, a link in there that will take you to the Graco website, and uh, you can find the information there to get your repair kit. Now, how would you like to have a stroller with an engine that can go over 30 miles an hour? Sure, why not? There's there's a dad uh, over in the UK who's built his own uh, stro a stroller, which he is calling the world's fastest pram, uh, or as we might say over here, the world's fastest stroller or buggy. Um, there's a YouTube video uh, on the beingdad.me website showing him using this stroller in action. Uh, it's got a 10 horsepower motor on it, and he's looking to set a world record. I, I'm not sure who previously held a record for a motorized stroller, but okay. He's looking to uh, set uh, break a world record by hopefully going up around 50 miles an hour with this uh, stroller. Uh, now, he's not putting the baby in this thing. <laughs> in the video, he actually has a, uh, a little um, doll baby in the stroller, which is probably a good idea, but it's fun. The video is pretty crazy, so you got to check it out. And... Um, it, it just it looks really cool, I got to say. Uh, so that is over on the beingdad.me website. You can watch the video. There's a link to some more information. And uh, I guess he's going to do this speed record uh, uh, in an, uh, next week in mid-October 2012. So have a look at that video for the world's fastest stroll. Now it's time for Tech Time. And this week I've got a couple things on Tech Time for you. First up. Toys R Us has released a new online video streaming service, uh, kind of like uh, Netflix, uh, but more, well, more like iTunes really than Netflix in that you're not paying for a monthly subscription to this uh, streaming service. It's something that you pay as you use, so you can, uh, you can do a day rental of a movie uh, or purchase the download to keep. And it's available at ToysRUsMovies.com. And they're going to have over 4,000 child-friendly video choices there. And uh, there's lots of different options. You can stream it online. And you can even it's going to even be available to be streamed on the Toys R Us Tabio tablet, which would be uh, great for on-the-go when you're out and about with your kids. ToysRUsMovies.com. And finally, on Tech Time this week, uh, maybe, well, more toy than techie, but uh, I was reminiscing the other day about when I was a child and I used to love going to the toy store uh, to look at all the different toys on the shelves and all the little you know video games on the shelves. And I really have a lot of fond memories of wandering around in the toy store. And uh, if it was more socially acceptable, I, you know, I'd i probably still be doing that today. Uh, and I guess the good thing is that I have a kid. Now I can do that when I'm quote-unquote, shopping for my kid. But I was reminiscing on some of my favorite toys 
from when I was a child, and I was thinking, are these still available today in some form or another? Uh, you know, can I introduce my kids to the toys that I loved when I was a kid? And uh, I have sort of my top four favorite toys from when I was a kid. And uh, the great thing is they're all pretty much available still today um, in, in some form or another. First up, G.I. Joe. Um, G.I. Joe was very popular when I was a kid, and I uh, used to love watching the cartoon every day when I'd get home from school. And of course, I, I enjoyed collecting all the action figures and all the various uh, you know, military vehicles and aircraft that you could purchase to transport the G.I. Joes around. And you can still buy lots of G.I. Joe toys today. Second, Transformers. Now, Transformers, as I'm sure you know, are still very popular today. Uh, maybe even as popular as they were back in the 80s when they first entered the scene. I had lots of Transformer toys when I was a kid, and uh, it was another cartoon that I spent a great deal of time watching. I actually even still own the original Transformers cartoon movie from the 80s. You can still buy all sorts of Transformers toys and movie collectibles out there today, just as you could back when I was a kid. And with the success of the, of the recent uh, live-action Transformer movies, uh, I don't imagine that they'll fall into obscurity uh, anytime soon. GoBots. I loved GoBots, and if, if you don't remember GoBots, they were basically small Transformers, uh, and they were released by Tonka in the 80s. They were purchased by the Transformers parent company Hasbro in the early 90s, at which point the GoBots brand was sort of incorporated into the world of the Transformers. I remember them as being totally separate from the Transformers, but uh, nowadays uh, you can still buy GoBots today. But uh, like I said, they're part of the Transformers uh, toy world rather than their own little uh, GoBot ecosystem. And finally, the Sega Master System. Lots of people had the, the original Nintendo system. I had the Sega Master System. Back in 1986, this thing came out, and it was awesome. I loved it. It came out as a competitor for the original Nintendo, uh, but I got the Sega for Christmas, and uh, I couldn't have been happier. It came with that, you know, the little laser gun thing that you, you got with the Nintendo as well, and a game called Duck Hunt to shoot the ducks on the screen. And it also came with a, uh, uh, it was a motorcycle game. I can't remember what the name of the actual game was, but uh, it was a, a, a street motorcycle racing game. Now, of, of course, there's uh, the, today the world of video gaming is hugely popular, and the design and graphics have come a long way since 1986 in my little Sega Master System, but uh, I really do have a lot of fond memories of playing with that in my, in my bedroom. So there are the four toys that really stand out in my mind. You know, there are lots more. Um, Star Wars action figures were big in my childhood as well, but uh, the four that I just mentioned, I think, topped the list. And uh, I, I can still share all those things with my kids today, so that's fun. That's the end of the Being Dad podcast for this week. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and I uh, hope you will join me again next week.